Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Ask me how I am. I was waiting for you to mention it. Actually, <laughs> Jeff, how are you? Well, I'm uh, I'm a brave boy with this uh, with this injury of mine. My arm is still in a cast. Mm, I can see my fingers are still pointing. Like I think I said last week, like a, a 1930s mobster. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I'm feeling like a lot of disgust at the world. If people aren't falling over themselves to ask me how I am or to give me their seat on the bus, mm. I, I really glare at them with contempt. Because of your arm. Yeah, you should yeah. be able to sit down. I should be. I mean, actually, it has no uh, bearing at all on my ability to stand up. And you've got one arm to hold onto the pole. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you but don't want to be jostled. No, no. Not jostling for you. I think you see a great, a distinguished grey-haired gentleman. <laughs> oh, God, we're at that stage already. Yeah. With, <laughs> his, uh, with his arm in plaster. Yeah. yeah. You let him sit down, so I've been doing a lot of glaring. I'd let you lie down. I'd get that back row for you. Let, let this old man lie down. He needs to lie down. <laughs> oh, do you know what my ideal mode of transport would be? God, go on. Stretcher. A stretcher. <laughs> Maybe I could just pretend I'm on a per, uh, permanent sponsored bed push. Oh, yes. Yes. You don't see sponsored bed pushes so much anymore, I think do it's you? quite hard to get a four-poster bed on wheels. That's why. But they they used to have them on yeah. casters, didn't they? So where did they all go? Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's far less wasteful than a sponsored bath of beans. Oh, what a waste. Disgusting Terrible. waste of food. Yes. Um, I, I, me, and, me and my arm went out for dinner with a friend the other night. Did you just say me and my arm? Yeah. Okay. Is it suddenly become a separate part of you? Has yeah, it got a yeah, name? Yeah, yeah. What do you call it? What do you think I should call it? I don't know, something really brave. Breaky, achy, breaky arm? No, no. What? No, something... Hercules? Like, yeah, something like that. Troy, something... Okay. Yeah, yeah something like that. Yeah. Um, Armando? Oh, I love that. That's brilliant. <laughs> okay. Do that, do that, yeah. Can you hear the drums, Armando? Uh, so, so I meet a friend... At a restaurant the other night, he had arrived first, and he didn't know about my injury. Oh! And I mean, this seems bizarre anyway, given that we're both men in our fifties. Mm. But I got there, and the table he'd been seated at had, instead of regular chairs, mm. two swings. 
What? Like rope swings. What? Yes. Where? What? This is ridiculous. Swings. Yeah, it was like an Indian street food restaurant. Really? And I think the swings are probably quite coveted. It's the exciting thing to get to sit on a swing. But not for you and Armando. Not me no. and Armando. No, absolutely not. Mm. Um, I don't want to be rocking and eating. Is it not soothing in any way? No, I think it makes you bilious, doesn't it? Okay, I don't know. Yeah. I've never tried it, unsurprisingly. Anyway, uh, we, we had to move tables. And th- then we did a thing, because we'd not seen each other for a while. So they came, they kept coming over to say, are you ready to order? Mm. And you're doing that thing where you're saying, mm. oh, sorry, we've not even looked yet. Can you just give us a few more minutes? How many times can you turn them away? It's so hard, mm. isn't it? So then what I did, and this was stupid with hindsight, we ordered some drinks and I also ordered some snacks, like hors d'oeuvres, okay. to keep us going while we looked at the menu. Yeah, yeah. But then it completely threw them off their rhythm. Oh. Because it looked like... to. to to, to the uh, untrained eye, mm. it looked like we we ordered oh. and then we just couldn't get back into the rhythm of their service. Mm. So I, we then waited a long time. They couldn't understand what was going on. We waited a long time to order. Um, I, f- I feel it is very easy to, to disrupt the rhythm. I've never worked as a waiter myself, mm. but I think it's, it, it's very easy to disrupt that rhythm. Right, right. Sarah does a thing. Let me ask you, ask you about this. Mm. So she will do a thing, and what she's trying to communicate is uh, if something's ready, mm. send it straight out. Don't don't worry about all the stuff's been ready and then out, and then, you know, if the mains are ready, just let, let's get them out on the table We're with a kit okay. is what she's trying to convey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For some reason, that interaction never, ever, ever goes well. I think because they're not thinking that's not how the kitchen works. <laughs> I think they are. I think right, that's it. Right. So they're saying, so you want all your food at the same time? No, no, no. We don't want all our food at the same uh, time. Uh. Just just whenever it's ready. For some reason, uh, yeah, yeah. that is an impossible thing to convey. Mm. Especially given that Sarah's worked in restaurants. She should know the right words to use. But it doesn't go well for mm. her. It, it, it invariably goes poorly for her. Um, what else can I tell you about apart from my arm? Um, I'll tell you what I'm not really enjoying that I hadn't thought about enough. Mm. It's the other podcast that we're doing, this this TV podcast, mm. which uh, An- Annabelle is working on <laughs> behind the scenes. I am, really she's, enjoying she's it. She's masterminding it. I think that's but, the wrong word. But, <laughs> but, but um, I'm giving my opinions about TV shows mm. and already three weeks in, I'm starting to think this was a terrible idea. What was the first thing I said to you when I walked through your door today? That you disagreed with me disagreed. about the show Fleischman is yeah. in trouble. Yeah, because I uh, I loved it. And I, I had a different opinion. Yeah, which is on the... I think it's fine. I wasn't offended that you didn't like it. I can be, but I wasn't. But just before you turned up, mm. my friend Lizzie had texted me yeah, yeah. to disagree with me about uh, something I'd said about the bear. Just to let you know this is your life now. Yeah, but I don't. I, just, I don't ever want to be in any kind of conflict with somebody. Mm. If somebody said to me, "Do you know what the Beatles weren't that great?" <laughs> I'd go, "Yeah, I know what you mean." I just don't want to be in any conflict. Could you not ring around all your friends first to find out what they like, and then take it from there? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, all I ever want to be is the median of other people's opinions. <laughs> there you go. There you can. I just be. want to go unnoticed, Mr. Median. Because yeah. in in actual life, I'm really miserable and dis- and very negative about everything. Like hardly like anything. But I just think to myself, I'll keep that to myself. You know, like if I go to the theatre, mm. I don't say what I've, I thought of the play or even the cinema. I don't say what I thought until I'm half an hour's 
walk away, and I am absolutely certain that nobody oh. with an earshot went to see the same thing as I did. It's a brave person who, the moment that a film finishes at cinema, dares to give their opinion within earshot of everyone else. A yeah. very brave person. A, a guy yeah. started ranting to me during the interval of Hamilton. Oh. about I thought it was brilliant. I didn't want to hear his opinion. Oh. Oh. What was wrong with it? I, don't, I just don't... I don't want... I don't want to be upset the apple cart no, at all. No, well, that's what you're I don't doing. want to be an agent provocateur. And that as well. A fly in the ointment. Yes, that's you now. I don't, I don't <laughs> want to be a contrarian. Yeah, that's going to be you. You're, an, you're now a TV critic. Did you, did you realise that? <laughs> oh, it's so parasitical. So, so it feels so parasitical. Oh, but the podcast is very good. It's all right. It's very good. It's very good. It's all right. It's excellent. Let me, uh, let me, t- I know, but I'll tell you something. I've, I've got another thing to say about it, but I'll save it till later. Okay, all right then. Just seeing we've been going for about 10 minutes okay, already. Okay. So you know what I get like sometimes. <laughs> okay, time to hear from the drifters. Before we do that, mm-hmm. we, we, we warned you with peace and love we warned you we are warning you with peace and love mm. um that if we didn't get any publications mm. fine by us you're just not yeah. having a publication yeah and that's what's happened this week isn't it mm. we weren't going to beg for them like we beg for everything else <laughs> <laughs> we've got some dignity left a shred yeah. Yeah. And we're clinging to it so uh so no publication on this week's episode no. but if you would like one in the future mm. uh the bulldog clip he's a lonely bulldog isn't he sad he's empty yes yeah. i don't know uh, i think he's a he but he is <laughs> Yeah, do you, do you find that a certain breeds of dog mm. you think are more like boys or girls? Yeah, it's bad, isn't it? Yeah, what inherent sexism is in that? Mm, I know. Okay. I'm going to start calling my bulldog like she. Great. Okay, first one. Yes. From Jill, little amuse-bouche. Am I saying that right? Amuse-bouche. It's amusing my bouche. <laughs> to start us off with. Jill says, I went to the doctors last week. While I was pretty sure I wasn't having a heart attack, I thought after a couple of months of on-off pain in my chest, I should go and get it checked out. The doctor asked a couple of questions and pretty quickly diagnosed it as precordial catch, which, while it can be a quick, sharp pain, it is very much non-serious. He also asked why I should take so long to get a chest pain checked out. It appears that when I die, it is going to be because of the most driftery thing ever. I didn't want to cause a fuss. <laughs> Primordial. Did I say that wrong? I don't know, but that's that sounds no, like... No, precordial. Oh, maybe you said it right. And I think I imagined primordial. Oh, I thought, right. what is this? Something that dates back to us being <laughs> organisms of a swamp. <laughs> yeah. OK, let's go on to Tiffany now. I moved to Jersey in 2015 and decided after being on the island for a year that I needed to finally bite the bullet and find a new hairdresser. As a drifter, this is dangerous territory. Mm. Finding a new hairdresser, going to the hairdresser, trying to communicate what you want. So my first port of call was my mum. She recommended her hairdressing salon. So at least that gave me something to say when I booked my first appointment. I went along and I was happy with the result. The hairdresser was lovely, knew my mum very well, and I thought I'd cracked it. However, after my third visit, the hairdresser started calling me Courtney, which is most definitely not my name. Being a classic textbook drifter, I didn't see the need to correct him. So from that point, I would respond to Courtney. I'd book all my appointments under the name Courtney, and I did this successfully for about three years. And I was happy. It didn't matter to me that he had somehow replaced my real name with another name. All that mattered was I had a hairdresser who knew how I wanted my hair and didn't expect too much in terms of small talk. 
That is until I unknowingly booked an appointment on the same date and time as my mum. As I walked into the, sal- into the mm. salon, my stomach flipped. Mm. The hairdresser came up to me and greeted me as usual. Hi, Courtney. Lovely to see you. How have you been? I meekly looked at my mum, who hadn't seen me arrive at this point, and confirmed all was good to my hairdresser. He asked me to follow. He asked me to follow him to my seat, and on the walk over, my stomach sank even further. It was the seat next to my mum. <laughs> she noticed me and said, "Hello, darling. Didn't know you were getting your hair done today." I was hoping and praying that we could keep up the darlings rather than tackle my real name versus my hairdresser identity of Courtney. (laughs) It's worth mentioning at this point, my mum is very much not a drifter. So as my appointment went along, a couple of quiet Courtneys were dropped by my hairdresser out of earshot of my mum and I thought I got away with it until he went off to get some water and called from the kitchen, Courtney, do you want another tea? The panic washed over me. Do I respond? <laughs> How do I handle this? I chose to feign deafness until he came over and said, Courtney, oh, do you want a drink? Terrible strategy. Loudly, loud enough for my mum to hear. She turned round and in that moment I knew my existence was crushed. <laughs> she said, Courtney? She's not called Courtney. Her name's Tiffany. He looked at me and said, Tiffany, your name isn't Courtney. I just looked at my reflection in the mirror, <laughs> wet hair, halfway through my appointment and meekly said, uh, no, my name is Tiffany. <laughs> he replied with, what? Why wouldn't you correct me? I tried to adopt the port protocol, but I was just in too deep. I just said, I don't know why. I guess it was just easier. The awkwardness was present in every fibre of my being. My soul left my body. I could tell that he thought I was insane. The rest of the appointment happened in silence and as soon as I could, I quickly left the salon. I also knew there was no recovery from this. After this appointment, I swiftly found a new hairdresser (laughs) and never went back. My mum still finds this story hilarious and will routinely roll it out in social (laughs) settings about how inept I am at being a normal human. What I learned from this was not to take recommendations from my mum and to never rely on her to just go with whatever's happening in my drifter little life. (laughs) Fellow drifters, we know not to correct others on behalf of other drifters <laughs> oh that was great mm. send us your story please the email address is hello at adriftpodcast.com annabelle yes what's happening on your funky little stack this week oh my sub stack yes. well i need to get this confirmed because i need to check it with tom first because i'm doing the insane thing I said when I was once proposed to. And I haven't run it past him yet, but I'm sure it'll be fine. Aha. Uh-huh. What, you need to check that he's not going to fly into a uh, a jealous rage? Well, maybe it was him that proposed to me. Oh. I'm being really clickbaity, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> you can find my Substack, annabelleport.substack.com. It's a bit weird, quite normal, if you just want to Google it or search for it on Substack. So... You can ask me if I'm not fully functioning at all. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yes, that's what we do now. Yeah, I was so, so intrigued by that. Mm. I was going to start uh, one-handed one-handed typing in the URL. Oh, right. Because of old Armando over here. Oh, yeah. He doesn't pull his weight in <laughs> no, that department. certainly does not. Um, yes, yeah, so, so uh, do, do you have another way in which you are not a fully functioning adult? Yeah, a couple of things from my week. Plus, I'm giving away a couple of ideas for brilliant inventions that anyone can have for free and make millions from. That's my promise to you. Okay. Okay. So first from my week, Pelican Crossings. We complain about this country, but it is nice that we name pedestrian crossings after animals. 
Zebra crossing, pelican crossing, puffin crossing, toucan crossing, pegasus crossing. (laughs) No idea what the last three are, as do you, I imagine. I do think there might have been another one, though, apart from a pelican and a, a zebra. I wasn't joking about Puffin, Toucan and Pegasus. They're real. Oh. They're real. Pegasus isn't real. It is real. No, but, but I mean, a Pegasus isn't real. Oh, it's not a real animal. I know. It's a winged horse. No, no, but a Pegasus crossing is a real crossing. What? Yeah. You're taking advantage of the fact that I can't Google it. <laughs> yes, yes. I wouldn't lie to you. It is, okay, honestly. Okay. It is, honestly. So I wouldn't like it. It's nice. I think it's like it's nice that it's animals. Although depending on my mood, I think it was babyish and embarrassing. You know, it can, <laughs> it can swing wildly depending on where I am in my head that day. And it does bug me a bit that three are birds, one is an animal, and like you say, one is a made-up animal. Yes, they should have just be birds, really. Anyway, yeah, the, the mythical creatures shouldn't be part of no, this. No, 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 no. I don't mean to exclude them, but no, you can. They don't exist, so it doesn't, I don't, I'm not hurting anyone's feelings no, here. I won't be offended. So I've got this thing with the two pelican crossings near me. If I'm like, do I need to explain what a pelican crossing is? So you press the button and it stops the traffic. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't need to explain that, did I? No, you, you didn't. No, I mean, really didn't. There is a slightly uncomfortable truth here. Go on. Which is, I'm not sure anybody under the age of 40 is still calling it a pelican crossing. What are they calling it? A pedestrian crossing. But it's called a pelican crossing. What are it's, they calling yes, it a zebra yes, crossing? Yes, to, yes to, I think a zebra crossing is a zebra crossing, but they're few and far between. Oh my god, am I outside being outside of London? Am I being old without realising it? Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, I could be wrong. I need to find out. I'm pretty sure. Oh my god, I feel like I've like acted really old by mistake. <laughs> like I've called someone with it. Like, like <laughs> I'm mortified. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, I think when you press a button, it's a pedestrian crossing. <laughs> if I'm on my own, i.e. without my son, I'm not strolling around my area with big groups of friends, obviously. If I'm on my own, I'd rather wait a bit for a gap in the traffic than press the button and be in charge of stopping all those cars on their way to somewhere more important than I am. I don't like to hold them up for the around 20 seconds that the light goes red. Oh, this is interesting. And yet, I'm happily 10 minutes late to meet someone I actually know. <laughs> I think I'll give it a few minutes. I'll wait till there's a gap in the traffic. I don't want to be bossing all these cars around. Oh, I I've got almost the opposite. You love it. I think screw you, motorists. Unless you don't drive. Yeah. 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 I love holding up a motorist. Oh, I'm worried I'm gonna I feel like a pain. I'm annoying them. I want to annoy them. You do. Just want to remind them of the pedestrians' mm. sovereignty. Yeah, well, yeah, it's true. But when all this goes terribly wrong for me, which it did this week, is when, so I've not pressed it and I'm waiting for this natural gap in the traffic, but someone else comes up to cross the road and I look like I don't know what the button is for. <laughs> and they don't like to press it because it undermines you. Like I've been yes, in that situation yes, yes. when I'm with my son. I think, I don't know, what am I going to do? I just wait and wait and wait. That's not good because you must be teaching your son that it's okay to cross when the red man is. Well, I don't. I mean, I don't ever do it. I only when I'm with my son, I do press the button. It's when I'm on my own. Okay, I do this. okay, Yay. okay, okay. So often I then press it once they've come up for them, and I look like I've just temporarily forgot what the button is for. <laughs> I basically look insane. Okay, having a sip of my tea. Or here. you look like it's some kind of bellhop, but for the pedestrian crossing. Yes, that as well. I just sort this out. Okay, here's the other thing. I was invited to. Don't get too shocked. I was invited to a party on Saturday night. But when it came to it, I felt a bit rough. And so I messaged to say that I couldn't go. But what killed me about this was that it was really raining here on Saturday night. So they would have just assumed I was lying about being ill and just didn't want to go out. 
So I just really, really wished there were lateral flow tests, but for when you're not feeling so good, not COVID, just like everything else. So I could have proved oh, no. I really didn't feel that well. And it wasn't because I didn't want to go out in the rain. That's a terrible idea. What's wrong with it? Because it's bad when you want to lie about I'm, it. Because I'm constantly lying. Uh, <laughs> well, you still got the upset tummy to like get away with. Yeah, but it's at the end of the wedge, isn't it? People are going to be asking for a photograph of mm. what's in the toilet bowl with today's newspaper next to it. <laughs> it really is the thin end of a wedge, yeah. quite right. I also wish, you might like this one better, I also wish they'd invent a simple machine that maybe you put your finger in. I imagine like an oxymeter, but it gives you an actual number for how tired you are, let's say out of 100, because this would settle about 90% of the arguments that Tom and I have, because I'm always more tired than him. And with this machine, I'd have proof. This mm. is good, right? That is good. Yes. Can you can you give me a play-by-play of how an argument about tiredness would go? Um, it's your turn to get up with Rudy. No, I'm too tired. I'm more tired than you. I'm tired. It's that, it's that kind of thing. Oh, you can't just decide who gets up in an old ad hoc way. What? You have some kind of routine? Yes. What? What, it said like Mondays is your day, Tuesdays is like, it's like that. So I, I do Thursday through, um, I, I do Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sarah does Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, sorry, Monday, Tuesday, <laughs> Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, when she does four, I do three, because I do almost all the bedtimes. And is there any flexibility within this? Uh, it has to be like submitted weeks in advance. No! Yeah. Like there is no way on earth that as we're going to bed to say, oh, I'm really tired. I don't want to lie in in the morning. Can you get up with him? Really? Yeah. Oh, it's very ad hoc in our house. It's just like who, who holds out the longest. You're creating a problem for yourself there. Well, if I get this machine, it'll be fine. <laughs> but it doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying someone needs to invent it. It'd be very. Do you think it'd be very useful to prove to people you're the tiredest? Because it's, because there is nothing less interesting than your your tiredness to other people. No, but if you could empirically um, quantify it mm. and then have a hierarchy of tiredness, oh, I love it. I think I, I I feel that I am mediocre at most things in life. Mm. <laughs> but but I would be right there at the top of the charts of how tired. See, it'd be amazing for you. And you've got proof that you're the tiredest. Yes. And if you didn't want to go to a party, I'm sorry, I'm really tired. Proof? There you go, 100. There's me oxymeter <laughs> thinking me, Bobby. Okay, so anyone can have that. I'm not going to, even if you make it and make trillions, I'm not going to ask for a penny for, like, a bit from you. Go Why for don't you it, just ask for it. a penny on every unit sold? No, no, I don't want it. I don't want it. I just then want... you'd be like a gajillionaire. Mm. I just think the logistics. I don't want to be a good journalist. Logistics are getting too tired. Just too tired (laughs) to think about that. Too tired. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. Plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Oh, we should just give our Patreon 
a quick mention. We mm. really appreciate it. I just wanted to say thank you. If you uh, listen to podcasts week in, week out, and bung a little something into our Patreon every month, as as people do, we really appreciate Massively. it. It really enables us to keep doing the podcast, and uh, we're going to have some stuff for you because um, we're not going to be here now for two weeks because mm. I'm going on my holidays. Yes. Um, and then we'll be back. Mm. But then old Naughty Porty over there is going on holiday. For a week. Yeah. But, yeah. but um, we, we, we're going to have some new Patreon stuff for you over the uh, over the next couple of weeks if you are a supporter on there. So thank you um, very much. And if you're not, have a look at it. Mm. See if uh, you think to yourself, I listen to them every week. It's nice to be part of something. It's nice to support something. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna bung them a few quid. And it's patreon.com stroke adrift. Patreon, by the way, is spelt P A T R E O N. Now, what else can I tell you about? Met somebody yesterday mm-hmm. who, um, it, it was sort of uh, half business, half pleasure. Okay. One of those. One of those, like, you really just, not quite sure where you're there, why you're there, but you have a nice time. Okay, okay. And we met in the cafe of a bookshop, and then we both left together, thinking one of us would go one way, one of us would go the other. Mm. But my bus stop home was directly outside the bookshop. Okay. So I was just standing there, but it seemed like to him, I think, that I was just wanting to stand on the street chatting some more. Oh. Mm. So then to try and wind it up, I said, oh, where have you got to get to now? He names where he's got to go to. It's on the same bus route. Oh. Oh, no. But God bless this guy. Yeah. Because yeah. what then he said is he said, oh, I think actually I'm going to go uh, to this station and then this take this train and then get and he he made up i think he made up a convoluted <laughs> route to get home so that i wouldn't feel that we had to sit talking on the bus any longer because we'd, we'd had a we'd had a nice um business social meeting and and that was that do we you did. feel that it was because he saw the horror in your eyes or do you think this is a like-minded person who just didn't want to do the journey either i, th- I think like-minded person and sense and empathetic both yeah yeah, yeah it was both. a wonderful combination yeah yeah so there was that uh, the other thing i was going to tell you about is on a whim i took gene to a thing at the weekend mm. it came up you know like things to do with your kid this weekend um and it was an immersive event oh yeah so we turn up to um, like an industrial looking um, unit and there's a bouncer on the door and then we go in and there's a woman speaking in an American accent as is almost everybody I speak from this uh, I meet from this point onwards I'm not sure how many of them were American okay okay but they are in character right because we are no longer at a uh, an office block in East London. We are in a research facility mm. where they have been studying alien life forms. Oh. On the way in, everybody has to change into jumpsuits. Okay. Now, obviously, me and Armando, oh, we yeah. can't fit into a jumpsuit. Oh, no. I can't wear a jumpsuit and be in a sling at the same time. So they, they say I'm excused from wearing the jumpsuits, but Gene puts his on. Um, we, we go downstairs and in bursts a man dressed as a mad scientist. (laughs) 
who starts explaining how they've discovered a portal into a, another universe, but it's very dangerous uh, to travel through it, so you have to drink a certain drink. He then brings a load of test tubes out. Jean gets to mix these test tubes together. Time of his life, or like, it's not dry ice, because um, I can't imagine you can drink that. Mm. But, you know, there's all stuff coming out of this cocktail and it's bubbling like it's lava or something so he is having the time of his life the guy clocks that i'm not wearing my jumpsuit he says what happened to your arm i say you should see the other guy good one <laughs> which is what I've, i really love saying that Do i think you? i said last week i've said it to right. everyone oh yeah anyone asks about it say you should see the other guy the most unlikely thing ever yeah, yeah. somebody rang me the other day and asked me about my arm and i told him what happened and then i remembered an hour later that I hadn't said, you should see the other guy. So I texted them just to say <laughs> that what I meant to say when you asked me what happened to my arm, I meant to say you should see the other guy. Right, right. Anyway, this uh, this actor dressed as a mad scientist didn't find it a bit funny. Oh, he probably but, thought, thought you were threatening. But he also he lacked the ad lib skills to do anything with uh, it. Oh, okay, right. That was a so shame. he just went like, funny guy, huh? And then made me feel like a... Oh. Made me feel this big. That's not cool. I don't think he meant to. No, he, it was pr- just, he was probably, you know. Yeah. Out of his depth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then they say, okay, it's time to go through the portal. You've got your jumpsuits on. These will protect you from the radiation. Then Jean gets really distressed. Oh. Says, he... my dad hasn't got a jumpsuit oh, on. He's going to get hurt. So then they do a bad ad lib about how my sling will protect me. Oh, well, that's good. Oh, it wasn't. <laughs> Better than nothing. You're afraid your dad's going to burn. You're quite right to be worried. And then, uh, then we go through the portal. And we are on a an incredible planet full of uh, strange and wonderful um, flora and fauna. Okay. Inhabited by some aliens who are humanoid in form. They look a lot like... You know, people who go to festivals, but not for the bands that you see on the stages. I don't know exactly who you mean. Yeah, exactly. They look like that. Yeah. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. Um and and then they they do a thing where they come over and they start asking us about life on Earth. Oh God! And then we, you know, I just don't like speaking to people in character. Mm. I don't like speak to people in my character. But you know, when there's this layer of artifice, I'm really bad at it. Gene, as it turns out, is very comfortable. Did he love it? With it. He loved it. Oh, good. But then then they did a thing where it was like this sensory experience. So it was, it was really good for kids, actually. So they bring a box and they tell there's a creature in here, uh, put your hand in it and describe what it feels like. And so it's like getting them to write down and describe like what uh, what what different senses um, feel like. And and then they brought jars of things for us to smell and for us to say what they reminded us of. Now, do you remember years ago we did on the radio something <laughs> called the Sensual Olympics? How could I forget? And there was some weird guy who came in mm. and got us to do a smell test. Yeah. He was quite reminiscent of that the, the the lead character from Patrick Suskin's Perfume. Yes. Some like creepy guy with an overdeveloped sense of smell. Yeah, yeah. And he got quite angry at me because of my complete inability to tell what things were by you, smell alone. I think you really irritated him. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I just don't I don't like I think he thought you were like mucking around, but you just couldn't uh, no, do it. No, yeah, I know yeah. it's like one of I don't know what I've got. I don't, mm. you know, there's obviously something going on with the way my nose talks to my brain <laughs> um without the sight to help it. But you you could stick, say, mint or marmite under my nose. Mm. Things that I'm very familiar with. Mm. And without me knowing what they were, I would not be able to identify them. Mm-mm. But, you know, Gene is doing such a good job and then I don't want to say, dunno, can't tell. Mm. So 
I come up with something ingenious. Oh, go on. I say to the aliens, hmm, what do other earthlings say these smell like? Oh. Brilliant, right? Brilliant. Oh, the way they glared at me for that. (laughs) (laughs) They knew what you were doing. It brought it all back, the Central Olympics all over again. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I I have been to... I think it was a sensory Olympics. It's sensual. I think think we knew it was sensory, but we knew it was funnier to call them the Central Olympics. Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. so yeah, that that and then for a big finale, uh, one of them played a drum and did a chanting song like "Call and Response." Oh yeah, which I, I think this sounds fun. I like the sound of this. It was good. It was yeah. really good. You know, I'm telling it like it's oh, this, then this happened, this happened. But you he had, had a great time. He had the time of his life. He said it was the best day of his life. Although he's prone to hyperbole. Okay, okay. You know, if I um, say right, it's time to uh, stop playing on the iPad now. Oh, it's the worst day of my life. Yeah, yeah. So you yeah. got to take these things with a pinch of salt. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think he enjoyed it. Show Annabelle a bit of video footage of my uh, oh, my, my trip through uh, through the portal into a different um, planet I dimension. Loved it. I love. A bit worried about that bubbly drink. Mm. That's safe to drink. I think you've really got to let it settle. Still, I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, on a lot of painkillers though, so oh, it's okay. probably <laughs> just calming things down just yeah, a bit. Yeah. Uh, okay, Quandary Corner right. at the Glap Clinic here in Problematic. Let's go. First one's from Karen. I love the theatre and before the pandemic, I was a regular at my local theatre and enjoyed trips to London to see all kinds of different shows. I am a fairly petite middle-aged woman, so I've got used to craning my neck to see over and around the six foot three all-in wrestler inevitably seated right in front of me. A typical drifter, I would never ask anyone to stop fidgeting, kicking the back of my seat or looking at their phone during performances. The only thing that has brought me near to actually daring to speak to my fellow theatre goers is when the person next to me, I'm afraid, always a man, spreads their legs so unbelievably wide that not only are they crossing into my leg and foot space, but touching my leg. This also happens with selfish arm rest use, but at least I can put my hands on my lap. Where am I supposed to put my legs? The culprits are blissfully unaware that I'm spending the entire show not concentrating on the finer points of the cherry orchard or picking up on the psychological undercurrents of who's afraid of Virginia Woolf. Not really, it's usually Six the Musical or the play that goes wrong. But instead, I'm alternately fuming at their selfishness and filled with self-loathing. Why can't I just politely ask them to move their legs? I can't even meet their eye and instead spend the whole time furiously trying to work out what to say or do. What is the right thing to do? Gradually push my leg against theirs until they get the message, tut at them and point aggressively at the space they're taking up, book three seats out so I can luxuriously spread my belongings out either side of me. Way too expensive. Any direct approach just seems so embarrassing, but I'm sure that non-drifters would calmly say, excuse me, would you please move your leg? I usually just end up thinking, oh, well, they need more space than I do. Pathetic. I know there are physical reasons for manspreading, but seriously, have some consideration. I'm just starting to get back to pre-pandemic levels of social interaction. So your thoughts on a strategy would be much appreciated. I feel like your belongings are your friends here. Mm -hmm. So could you, I mean, I I don't know if you you carry a handbag or not. Right. But um, 
making a little border with your handbag to one side mm-hmm. and the um and your, your your coat to the other like rolled up or whatever or some other object maybe take a tote bag with you but surely unless you've got an extremely long bag surely that's only stopping your hips from touching no no because think about it mm. because when people spread out i think anyway i'm not a big spreader myself i like the the little swamp that is generated by not doing <laughs> swamp's good. a nice word <laughs> um but basically you, you know you're spreading your feet are spread out aren't they mm-hmm. you're not um do you oh, see what I mean? You're not get your oh, feet together oh, so like a so, frog. Oh, or pirouette. So you're putting the bag on the floor. So, to, to, yeah, so the bag is on the oh. floor, so the foot can't go beyond the bag. Do you see what I mean? It's given me kind of an idea, mm. some slightly proven more inconvenient. Mm. What about taking one of those small onboard aeroplane wheelie cases? And then that's a proper barrier. Yes, I, th- I think you may be overestimating the amount of space one has, <laughs> you know, ah, in a, in a theatre yeah. scene. Okay, okay. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, another solution would be to book a box, like maybe always sit in the royal box. Yeah. Oh, so I once took home. So it was when we were working at the radio station, long, mm. long time ago, and there was a like a clip art framed picture of Richard and Judy, uh-huh. and someone said I could have it, so I took it home on the tube. Hang on, you can get Rich and Judy clip art. No, when I say clip art, I mean it's a a big photo of them and in like a, it was like big, it was like poster size. What are those frames called? Clip frames. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Not clip art, clip frame. And I seem to remember that I could use that as some kind of barrier. I also told everyone that's my mum and dad for fun. (laughs) uh, I wonder if you could carry around a gift wrapped. See, I'm still on on the barrier thing and you're right about the space. A gift wrapped poster-sized clip frame and use that as a... This is a very extreme. Just tell him to move his legs. What am I talking about? Yeah. I know you can't do that. Wear like punk rock type spikes. Yes, that would be painful and make him bleed. Yes. I did want to see someone on the tube just very rudely say, no, this is not okay. You're going to have to move that right now. Yeah, but they were a drifter, were they? They were the opposite of a drifter. Yeah. I do feel like there's some kind of barrier situation you could erect using your belongings, which means that his feet can't cross the border into your territory. Yeah, yeah, And that that will reduce the angle of his spread. Shall I tell you what I'm seeing now? It's another invention I've made. This is my third invention that someone can have. Yeah. So it's, it's based on your idea of spurs, but it's trousers... That you know, like so in uh, in the film Grease and in that car chase scene, there's a bit where they kind of press a button and then like this like knife bit comes out of the side of the thing, like and like sort of. Oh yeah, it's very sort of jaggedy bit, yeah, like cuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So something would flick out of the trousers, like mm. all the way down it, like like spurs, studs, all mm. the way down mm. it, flick out. Not they would cause injury, but be mm. extremely uncomfortable to press up against. Okay, so you you've invented these, you say? Yeah. So then. How would any anyone interested, anyone who's like going to the theatre on Thursday yeah. this week, for yeah, example, yeah. Um, how how would they avail themselves of your invention? It's not my problem. <laughs> <laughs> I invented it. It's like that, up to the rest of the world now. The armrest thing is interesting because yes. what what is because somebody mm. in the row mm. is is allowed two arms. 
Who, which is yours, left or right? Depends where you sit. So if you're sitting closer to the left-hand aisle, mm. I think it's the, the left. If you're sitting closer to the right-hand aisle, it's the right. But then somebody oh, in the middle... Gets to have yeah. both. Yes, yes, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Mm. Hadn't thought it through, you're mm. right. So I was imagining they're all just on the right, but of course they're on either end, yes. I've had an idea for an invention. Oh, great, go on. It's a theatre, but with comfortable seats. No, don't be silly. With enough room. Don't be silly, don't be silly, don't be silly. <laughs> don't Why are there cinemas like that? Oh, I know. I know, but I think theatres are all just like old buildings, aren't they? Well, a lot of these cinemas that are like that are old buildings. Yeah, true. I'll tell you what it is. Mm. You, they, they need to get people into cinemas. Like, when's the last time you go to a sold-out cinema? Mm. Whereas the theatres, especially, you know, if I'm thinking of, like, the, the ones in London's West End or Broadway in New York, they're not having any difficulty, difficulty getting people no. over the threshold so no, they can treat no. they can stick us in those seats mm. with these revolting people. <laughs> Well, there you go. That's the fourth invention the we've done today. The spurs, the spur trousers. I think it's a good idea, spur trousers. Be very okay, handy. Okay, okay. It'll solve the problem. Okay, should we go on to the next one now? Yes. Was that it? Is that our solution? Okay. No, no, my, my I feel like my oh, solution yeah, was yeah, good. Yeah. yeah, it was good. It was good. Okay, this is from Anon. Recently, my partner borrowed a pasta maker from a neighbour to make a lasagna for a dinner party. He returned it the day after the party and to say thank you for the lend, we gave them a bit of the lasagna in a serving dish. They were delighted and even texted the next day to say how much they enjoyed it. But over a month later, they have still not returned said dish. There's no sentimental and definitely no monetary value to it, but it's a handy size and was versatile enough to go straight from oven to table. How about dish chat for a new feature? (laughs) I like it. Personally, I would rather never get it back than ask them outright, but my partner thinks I'm being mad and should just say something as they've probably forgotten. But is it now too late to ask it for it back without implying that they've been trying to steal it or that I think they must have mistakenly thought it was for them to keep? Surely by now it's been subsumed into their kitchen cupboards and will never see the light of day again. So my general quandary is how to ask for something else, relatively small back, that you've lent to someone you don't know very well. Obviously, if it was a friend, I'd just ask. But in cases like these, are lent items just lost forever? Firstly, I don't think anybody thinks a lasagna dish mm. is is a gift. No, not unless you put it on those like foil ones. That, yeah. yeah, no. So things, no. It's, it's, they know. Yeah. They know. Uh, like very cheap looking Tupperware. Maybe stuff that once had a takeaway in it. Yeah, okay, yeah, that that that's fine. Yeah. But like something that you know, solid, yeah. made of glass. But secondly, there's just a very very easy solution to this. Mm. Your partner doesn't think there's anything mad about it. Mm. Send them to ask for it. Oh yeah, why doesn't he just do it? it seems yeah. like he's putting it all on you. Let me yeah. have a quick look at him. He thinks just say something. No, he yeah. he should just yeah. if he thinks there's nothing weird about it, then he can do it. Yeah, because mm. either that is lying. And he does think there's something weird about it. Right. But he doesn't want to be the one to do it. So he's he's, he's gaslighting you, <laughs> making you think that you're crazy. Let's imagine for everyone else who might come across this problem, let's imagine they both didn't want to ask. What would they do in that situation? Hmm. I mean, I, I think the automatic answer for most of us will be... Poison pen letter. <laughs> would be just... You know, take it. Just give it up. I mean, I didn't mean take yeah. it like burgle them. I, mean, I meant like just, you know, 
But that's quite a good idea, isn't it's, it? Actually, now I said it, it's not a bad idea. I mean, a lot Creeping. of neighbouring houses are very similar sort of schematics. Mm. So you know the layout. <laughs> Because that's the big problem about being a burglar. <laughs> you don't know the layout. <laughs> you have to get the blueprints yeah. and like work it out. Yeah. yeah, the layout. So you know the layout. Yeah, yeah. You might have similar windows. Yeah, right? send a drone in. A drone, a drone in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or you could wait for when's when's the next like jubilee type thing? Like when's the king's like? Is he gonna have a five year thing, ten year thing? Have a street party, get drunk demand it's back oh no have a i've got it have a street party say why don't you make a lasagna and then steal it at the end when it's at one of the trestle tables perfect oh good lovely And that was our podcast. Thank you for listening. Do send us your story of social ineptitude. Do send us your quandary for Quandary Corner. And do send us your podication. The email address is hello at adriftpodcast.com. Thanks to Man in the Echo for the uh, backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music. Kim Rainey designed our artwork. Carla Gowlett took the photos. And that's it. This is the end of the podcast because there's no podication this week. Do you want to know why there's no podication this mm-hmm. week? Because you didn't send one in. Mm. Fine by me. Fine. 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 Means that Annabelle and I get to go and have a cup of tea now and mm. a chat. Mm. Get to finish earlier. Fine. Go to bed maybe a bit earlier. No. I don't know. You know, the the, the night is, uh, you know, it's... Ten uh, minutes younger. Ten <laughs> minutes younger. Exactly. Exactly that. And it's because of you. But if you think... Do you know what I like? That bit of the podcast where uh, he reads out an email and cries <laughs> often. Oh, no, no, no. That's no. not happening. No, it's not. And it's not happening no. because of you. Mm. We told you. We warned you. Yeah. With peace and love. <laughs> no podications. Mm. We're not going to beg for them. Nope. And any that come after the 7th of October... <laughs> will be tossed. And this isn't begging, by the way. <laughs> it's just me doing that Ringo Starr thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, so, so there. So there. Yeah. Yes, there. So, so, that's, so that's that. It's that. Yeah. That's it. See how you like it. Yeah. Put that in your pipe. <laughs> and um, This really feels like a form of begging, you know. Okay, I'm going to stop <laughs> okay, then. Okay, okay. Yeah, Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.